Hello, and welcome to the Pursuit City Church podcast. Our mission is to lead people to know the love of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you will feel encouraged as well as challenged through the Word of God. If you need prayer or want to share your story, please send an email to info at PursuitCC.com. Get ready to enjoy this message. God bless. Today we have our guest, and I'm so excited to have her. Uh, Susie is with us, Susie Beamer, and her mom is with us facing. Give them a hand. Glad to have them. I didn't, I'm going to put you on the spot. I didn't know if you wanted to share a little bit, Faith, at all. No, you're good? Okay, you're good. Make sure you hug on them before they leave today and get to know them a little bit. They're wonderful people. Got the chance to hang out with them last night. Shared our love for tacos and LSU. So praise the Lord. Go Tigers. Hey, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. See, we're that team, bro, that it don't matter if we lose, we are still winning. We are still winning. Can I get an amen this morning? See, it's God's team. Praise the Lord. God's team. Anyways. You know how I get, so I'm going to stop. I'll let Susie do it, but uh, I'm so excited to have her here. I didn't realize, because to be truthful, I didn't really know her all that well. I, last time I saw her, she was a child. I knew her dad. Her dad was my youth pastor, and like I was sharing with him last night, I wasn't like the faithful one. You know, I wasn't the one there serving and helping. I was the one causing problems. I was the one that, you know, he got calls about. (laughs) That was me, you know, and he loved me, man. Like he just always wrapped his arms around me, yelled out, Gomez, Gomez, get over here, Gomez, just at the top of his lungs. It was crazy. He'd see me pull up in my truck and be like, what? Look at that. And come out and give me a hug like if I was his favorite kid. And I was the one causing all the drama, you know. <laughs> and that's, that was Warren. That was his character. That was how he loved people. It was amazing. He had such a capacity to love people just unconditionally. It was, it was amazing. And I learned a lot from him, even though I didn't pay attention. Seriously, I learned a ton from him, even though I didn't pay attention. And that's the kind of impact he had. And so when he passed, I got the chance to go to the, the memorial service in San Antonio. And Susie was preaching. And I was just sitting there like, what? <laughs> I was like, this is Susie. This is his daughter. And she sound like her dad. Just the passion, the, the hunger for God, and the hunger to see people change for the Lord. And I loved it. And I was just, I was floored. I was sitting there just like in awe, you know. Couldn't believe that not only was he an amazing man publicly, but he was an even better dad. And he was an amazing man privately. And that, I think, is such a huge legacy. I don't know how many guys I talked to after that, pastors and other leaders that were like, dude, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm spending all my time doing the work of the Lord, and I'm not pouring into my own family. And that service changed them, changed us all, because you are the fruit of his dedication to his family. And it's just amazing. So I'll shut up now. Can y'all do me a favor and welcome Susie Beamer to the stage? Have fun, girl. I am so excited to be here today. I really am. Are you guys excited to be in church today? 
Are you excited to be in church today? Because we came to do church. We're not just going to sit here, listen for a few minutes and walk out. We came for something to happen, for something to take place. But did anybody come here expectant for the Lord to do something? Yeah, somebody came expectant in the house today because I came ready. So if you are ready in the house today, can you just give Jesus a shout of praise for me? Hallelujah! I am excited. I am so excited for today. And um, before I get started, yes, go Tigers. Do we have any like AM fans in the house? Good, good. I was going to say a special prayer, but we're okay. Uh, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Look, if anything, you know, we all know how that turned out for us this year. That's okay, though. Young team. Young team, as long as we beat Bama, we're okay, right? And, and we did do that. Awesome, but go Tigers. My dad was always the one that was like, um, we could be losing 50 to nothing. And as an LSU fan, he's still sitting there screaming, we're number one. And it's just the best. Anyway, yes. Um, my name is Susie. I currently live in Cape Town, South Africa. Um, I do work down there and I volunteer at a church there. Um, and so I've been blessed to live there for... Um, since 2019, I moved there officially, lived there for three months in 2018. That's a bit of what I do, a bit of who I am. I take care of youth and youth ministry in the area. I'm recently engaged, so amen to that. <laughs> um, and um, I just love the Lord, and um, I am excited to be here. I just want to say thank you um, to your pastors for allowing me to be here today and to pour into their house because I'm excited to do so. Is that good? Awesome. Well, I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to jump into the word. God, we come before you today, and I thank you, Jesus, that you have come to do something today, that this isn't just a Sunday, Lord, where we're going to go through the daily routine. We're going to walk in. We're going to sit here for a few minutes and walk out, God. But this will be a Sunday where things will change in the hearts of people, God, that are hungry for you to do something in them, God. I declare that in this service, chains will be broken, Lord. People will be made whole, Father, that you, Father, will give them an answer for a situation they've been seeking for, Jesus. I pray, Lord, Lord, that you would be here with us and we invite your spirit, your presence to be with us here even now. We love you, Lord. We thank you, God. We give you this service. In your name we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Well, I'm going to be reading for you today from Mark 10, 46 through 52. Mark 10, 46 through 52. We're going to be talking about a man called Blind Bartimaeus. Everybody say Blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus, and, and you know how I, you know how I know the Lord wants to do something this Sunday. It's because He totally changed my word yesterday. <laughs> totally changed my word yesterday, and I found myself like, okay, God, and I'm sitting last night writing this new. Well, not even writing this new word. It's just throwing up out of my mouth onto the pages because the Lord has a plan for somebody today. He altered plans because he's ready to work in you today. So let's come ready to receive from it. Mark 10, 46 says, and they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David. Have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. 
And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. So what we see happening here is Jesus has just come from healing the ten lepers and making one of them whole. He's just come from there and he's walking through Jericho. This isn't a normal walk though. He's walking on his way to Calvary. He's walking on his way to Calvary. This isn't just a normal stroll. He's walking through one side of, through the front of Jericho and walking straight out the other side on his way to die on that cross for our sins. This is where Jesus is. And as he's walking through Jericho, he comes across a beggar, a beggar named Blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus, we don't know much about him. He's nothing special. He's a blind man and we know he's the son of Timaeus. So we know he comes from somewhere and he's blind and he's a beggar. There's nothing special to who he is, but there's one thing that's different. There's a stirring that's happening inside him as Jesus is walking by. The only one, do I mess up the camera if I walk down here? Is that fine? The only one that something was stirring in was the blind man. Oh, I need you to hear me today. The only one that something seemed to be stirring in was the blind man. Sometimes your sight can keep you from what he's trying to speak to you inside. Do you hear me today? Sometimes our focus on our situation, on fixing where we're at, on maybe where our bank account is, maybe how our body feels, maybe where we think we are, the physical things around us can distract us from the answer that he's trying to give you to your heart because you're so focused here, you can't hear anything here. You're so focused on the waves that you start to sink beneath them because you're no no longer looking at Jesus who's calling you to walk above them. I'm gonna get vulnerable. Um, It's been really hard since my father passed. It's been difficult, it hasn't been easy. And I've been walking through this season, this period of time where, where I've had a lot of questions for the Lord. And there's answers that I'm looking for him to give me as far as just direction and different things of my life. And so in asking him these questions and seeking out answers, I, in my devotional time, I do my devotional time, I'd pray for an answer. Say, okay, God, I trust that you're going to bring me that answer. And this is what it's just been like day in and day out for, for a while, for a couple months without an answer. And he told me so specifically, he said, you're going to learn to hear my voice through this process. You're going to learn to know what my voice sounds like. And honestly, guys, let's just be honest. A little bit of me was like, Lord, can't I'm just in worship. Just like send somebody my way. You know what I mean? I'm talking about and it's like just the easy way. <laughs> when you're like, I'll take the easy way. When I just, I'm worshiping, somebody comes up, direct word from you. Awesome. I'm good. Go on your way. It's the easy way. And sometimes we want it this way, but the Lord told me so specifically, no, I'm going to teach you to know the sound of my voice. I'm not going to set you up for a moment. I'm going to set you up for a lifetime because you're going to learn to understand what my voice sounds like. And so I'm someone that I like to have if I'm, if I'm getting ready in the morning or I often like to have something going on in the background, like maybe music or a TV series, just to kind of occupy my thoughts as I'm, it's just something I do. Does anybody else do this? Am I the only one in the room? Okay, cool, 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 awesome. Um, this is just something that I like to do. And as I'm doing this, Mama, can you time my shoe while I talk? <laughs> I to, watching it the whole time. 
<laughs> moms. Let's give a hand for moms, guys. Moms are fantastic. Um, and as I'm getting ready for the morning and I've got this TV show happening in the background and I'm just kind of doing my hair and I just finished my devotional for the morning where I was praying and asking the Lord for answers and just reading his word and, and I'm sitting there and it's so clearly like he just taps me on the head and he says, how are you supposed to hear me with all that going on in the background? What if I wanted to speak to you now? And it taught me two things in that moment. And that one, God is not confined to my devotional time. He is not confined to speak to me whenever I allow for him to speak to me. The time that I devote to him may not be the time he chooses to speak to me. He can speak to me whenever he wants. He's not, he's not confined to your devotional time. And two, it taught me that I needed to practice the posture of silence in my life. Because it actually creates space, it silences our own thoughts and the own things of the world happening around us and inside of us, and it makes room for God's thoughts. It makes room for what he wants to place in you. When you're able and you're willing to silence the world around you, take your focus off of those things, take your focus off of even distractions. Let's be honest, me doing this in this moment was me trying to distract my thoughts of just thinking about how hard things are. Your distraction, your temporary peace you're trying to give yourself could be getting in the way of the forever peace that he wants to give you. Come on today. Sometimes our temporary distractions, our temporary peace can get in the way of the forever peace that he wants to give us. Where are you focusing today? Or are you focusing on your situations and trying to solve them for yourself? And maybe you're praying for an answer, but you're also trying to solve it for yourself. But that's distracting you so much that you can't actually hear what he's putting on your heart to do, where he's leading you, where he's calling you to go. The only one that something was stirring in was a blind man. Sometimes your sight can distract you from what he wants to do inside of you. Hmm. Verse 47 says, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. And he said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I don't believe it was an accident that these are the words that he chose in this order. I believe it was purposeful is why he said it this way. You see, the first thing he does is when he says, Jesus, thou son of David, is he recognized the sovereignty of Jesus. He established who the Lord was over his life before he began to ask him for what he thought he needed. He established who the Lord was over his life. And I believe this does two things. One, it reminds us of who God is over our life. How many of you know here in this place that it's hard sometimes to think of him as your healer until you remind yourself that he is your healer, right? And that's why it's so important to share our testimony today is because when we share our testimony, we create space for other people to see what he's done in your life so they can believe that he can do it in our own. I think this one reminds him of who Jesus is over his life, of what he can do. And two, it establishes the authority that Jesus had over him before he approached him with what he thought he needed. You know, often we seek the Lord for the answer when we should be just seeking the Lord for his presence. I believe if we started to seek the Lord just simply for his presence, the answer would come. Rather than just seeking him for the answer that we know he's got in his hand. 
where are you at today where you can realize you've been seeking him only for an answer and you haven't been seeking him to know him? And if you were to simply seek, seek him to know him, you wouldn't just get your answer, but you'd be pulled, pulled closer to the Father. And again, it wouldn't be something that would last a moment, but it would be something that would last a lifetime. He wants to give you something that'll last a lifetime, not just a moment. Not just solve one situation, but something that you'll be able to hold on to as you continue to walk through trial, through storm, through step, through every journey, every season of your life. He wants to give you something permanent, not just the answer to one, to one situation. Some of you may be in this place today like, God, why haven't you answered me yet? I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll get there in a minute. I think... Oh, I'm actually, I'm even, this has been me. I'm preaching myself when I say this. This has been me before. I've done this before where in worship, my worship had before come about, become about the problems that I was going through, that I was bringing to God, rather than just worshiping him for who he is. Has anybody ever done that? I've done that. I've done myself first. Where your worship just becomes, God, I'm so upset, and, and this happened, and this happened, and God fixed this, and God, yes, absolutely, bring your petitions to the Lord, but do you first just worship him and say, God, you're so good. Jesus, you're so good, and you love me so much, Father, and, and you, I lift you on high, God. Sometimes our worship can become about us more than it becomes about him but I believe that whenever we make it about him first, the rest of everything just falls into place. When we worry and we make important the, the one thing that actually matters the most, everything else falls into place, everything fits. When you focus on the one rather than the waves, you don't sink beneath them. When you focus on the one rather than the waves, you don't sink beneath them. The next thing he did was Bartimaeus called for mercy. It wasn't not, God, uh, God, I'm blind. Jesus, I'm blind. Do you see me here? Heal me, I'm blind. It wasn't, oh God, I deserve this. I, I've, been, I've been struggling with this for so long. Like, can't you fix this? He didn't petition and make a case for himself. He simply had this heart of humility and cried, God, have mercy on me. It was simply a humble heart of mercy, heart of God, have mercy on me. It wasn't Jesus, uh, this and, and this, but I didn't actually do anything, you see, so it's kind of like, this is unfair, and I just need you to fix this because I, I was, uh, uh, uh. no. Let's just have mercy on me, God. I believe I found my biggest, my biggest breakthroughs when I've just been able to get on my knees and say, Lord, I just need you. I just need your presence. If none of the other problems actually get fixed, if none of the other chaoses around me actually go the way that I go, all will be well, even if I just have you. Are you willing to get to that place today where you're willing to let go of all trial, of all circumstance, and say, God, you know what? I just need you. I just need you. Because I'm trusting that when I have you, I'll be okay. Verse 48 reads, and many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. 
Who do you allow to dictate your response to the Lord? Do you allow the earthly around you to affect what God's doing inside of you? Or do you allow the God, what God's doing in you to change the worldly that's going on around you? Do you allow everything here to affect this? To affect how you respond, how you worship on a Sunday, how often you open that Bible of yours, how you lead your family? Who are you allowing to speak into your family? Who are you allowing to speak into your marriage, to your relationships? Are you allowing the spirit of what God's put in you to affect the world? Or are you allowing the world to affect what's happening inside of you? Who do you allow to dictate it? Because blind Bartimaeus is shouting, have mercy on me, son of David, have mercy on me. And everybody's telling him, shh, be cool, man. Be cool, it's Jesus. Be cool, what's happening? <laughs> and he says, no, Jesus. It says he shouts all the more, Jesus, have mercy on me. His response to the world was, no, what matters is right there. And if you're not willing to reach out for it, I will. How often do we listen to the world around us when the savior of the world is right in front of us? He says, no, shh, no, 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 it's right there. And I'm gonna chase after it today. I believe you find freedom when you value the place the Lord has in your life, in your family's life, over the voice of man. Whose voice do you value more, the voice of God or the voice of man? Verse 49 says, and Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man saying unto him, be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. We serve a God that will stand still for a blind beggar. We serve a God that is willing to stop, stand still from the path that he's walking just to look at a blind beggar. I don't know who you are, but somebody in this room needs to hear that he sees you where you are. You have not been abandoned where you are. He sees you exactly in your circumstance. He sees you. If he's willing to stop for a blind beggar, he's willing to stop for you. You know, when, when Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, you know what the verse says? The verse actually says, um, in my Bible it says, um, Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness. He wasn't abandoned in the wilderness. He wasn't left there. He was led by the spirit. So I don't know who needs to hear it, but he sees you where you are. And the circumstance that you're in, what you're walking through is gonna be used for your good because you weren't abandoned there. You were led there because there's a purpose and where you're at for your future. That's gonna end up being your stepping stone rather than the thing that destroys you. What you think is going to destroy you is going to be your stepping stone. Do you hear me today? Do you, do you get it? You were not abandoned there. You were led there. And if you can just hold on to Jesus, if you can seek his face above all else, that'll be your stepping stone, not your demise. Never meant to kill you. It's just meant to be your stepping stone to the next level of where he wants to take you. He sees you. 
Psalm 139.7, I love this because it talks about how his spirit is always with us. It says, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. Even when we make our own beds in hell, even when we make these choices that maybe aren't the best for our lives, his presence is still with you. He's willing to follow you. If I take wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me. I love this. Even the night shall be light around me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. Do you get what this is saying? This is saying that even when I walk through darkness, it will be light around me because of the Jesus that's within me. Even when you walk through your darkest trials, it can be light around you if you just focus on the light. If you just focus on the light. Your perspective just has to go from, from why have you left me here to God, I trust what you're doing in me here. I've had so many times where it's been, I had to shift my focus. And I think I, think I just watched my dad do it so many times. I watched him go from, it, it was never a thing of, God, why have you left me here? It was, God, what's your plan in this? What's your purpose in this? And we don't often see it. We don't always know what his plan is. But if you can just trust that he's doing something and you can take that next step, I promise you it will never be in vain. Verse 50 says, and he, Bartimaeus, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. So this garment would have represented his status. Historically, it would have been a garment that was gifted to him, given to him by the government that would have been like his license to beg. It would have been like, hey, you're a legit beggar. You can receive alms from people. This is your garment that pretty much shows your status. Like, you're a beggar. Here. The Bible says he cast it away and ran to Jesus. I believe Bartimaeus knew that the moment Jesus called him, he didn't need his license to beg anymore. He was no longer going to be a beggar from the moment that he stepped foot and continued to walk towards Jesus. (laughs) He knew that was behind him. He didn't have to go back to it. He could just step towards Jesus and he could leave his license to beg behind because he wouldn't have to sit on the sidelines begging for alms anymore. Because he fully trusted that the moment Jesus called him, he was whole. He cast his garment away. Don't hold on to your circumstances because you've allowed them to become part of you. There are things Jesus has set you free from and it's time to take a step out and walk from it. To stop living under things that are no longer yours. Don't choose to keep your garment of a beggar when he's called you to be whole. That doesn't need to be yours anymore. He cast his garment away and he stepped to Jesus because he knew fully and completely, I don't need this anymore. I think sometimes, even when I was a little girl, I didn't, pray big prayers when I was a little girl because I didn't want to make it look like God couldn't do it. 
He's like, oh, this is just such a big prayer. Like, if he doesn't do it, like, I don't want to make God look bad. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) I think sometimes we hold on to things because we don't trust that God can do it in our lives. Maybe you're worried about letting yourself down a little bit. You're like, God, I don't know if I can give this to you because if you you don't fix this, then I think I'd be shattered. Say, but I've been there before. Say, God, this is so big. How can I trust you with this? I think this is actually something that shifted in my mind um, when my dad passed. Was, okay, God, it's not... I trust you with even, even this I trust you with. It's so big, even this God I'll trust you with. <laughs> it's not God, okay, to God, this is so big, I trust you especially with this. Not God, okay, fine, okay, this is huge, but I'll give it to you. No, God, this is the biggest thing in my life, please take it. Because you're the only one that I can trust with it. I would encourage you today that those big things in your life they're not safer with you than they are with him. <laughs> They're not. They're not safer with you than they are with him. He can do way more for it than what you can do. <laughs> and, and better yet, he can do his plan with it, which is greater than what we could even see for ourselves. So even at times when he doesn't answer things in the way that we want them to be answered... I'm telling you today, he's got bigger and better for you than what you could even dream of for your own life. He's got bigger and better. He's got more than what you could ever dream of for your life. Hmm. He didn't need his license to beg anymore. You don't need your license to beg anymore. Look, even if you're blind, you don't have to be a beggar. Even if you're blind, you don't have to be a beggar. Even if... You're walking through trials. He hasn't called you to hold the mantle of a beggar. He hasn't called you to walk under the title of a beggar. Hmm. So they they call him blind Bartimaeus. I think we've said blind Bartimaeus a few times. He's blind Bartimaeus. And, And I think often we actually allow our circumstance to become our identity. We allow it to become a part of us. It becomes part of just who we are. It's, we find our identity in that. And, and I've actually had to be so conscious um, in this season of my life of not allowing the circumstance around me to affect and change the fundamentals of who God's called me to be. Does anybody else know in here that when you're walking through such a hard time in life, often it can be easy to allow your heart to grow hard? It can be easy. Self, when it had to be like two or three times this had happened in a row, and I had just been making excuses for myself, like, oh, I'm, really, I'm going through a hard time. Like, I, I kind of felt a prompting to go pray over her, but I'm really struggling right now, so I don't actually, I actually don't feel like doing it right now, God. I, and that's okay, because I'm going through a hard time. You know what I mean? Like, nobody would blame me for this right now. That's fine. Like, I'm kind of messed up at the moment, you know? But doing that, making that decision, it's just, it, it, that, that's like one little step. But before you know it, it's, it's like this. Say you're on a trajectory going this way and deciding, no, God, actually, I'm not going to be who you've called me to be in this moment because I'm struggling and, you know, that makes sense. And, and my dad's passed away, so no, nobody, would, nobody would make me feel bad for that. So that's fine, actually. And then you kind of, trajectory just, 
Before you know it, if it becomes this thing where all these tiny little decisions that you make in your heart based off of the circumstance around you, allowing yourself to grow hard, rather than going here, the tiny little steps, suddenly, before you know it, you're way over here <laughs> when you were supposed to be there. You can't allow the circumstances around you to change the fundamentals of who he's called you to be. Those things are actually supposed to enhance who he's called you to be and build them up for a purpose of your life and be used, not destroy them. Not supposed to destroy them today. Don't allow your heart to grow hard because of what you've walked through. Don't allow the enemy to start to chip away at the being of who he's called you to be. If you're the sunny person in the room that you bring joy and light when you walk into the room, don't allow the little excuses that the world would say are okay to make for yourself to allow you to stop being who he's called you to be. Because at the end of the day, what I actually think will get you through your situation is being who he's called you to be. The enemy would love to change that about you. He would love just to chip away at who God has made and calls you to be. Don't allow him to change that. I think I'm, I'm giving your camera guy here a run for his money with his arm. I think I'm <laughs> making him chase me around a little bit. <sighs> Don't allow your circumstance to become your identity. Verse 51 says, And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Oh, we're going to go back to verse 51 because he said, And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do? He said, Jesus, he's blind. What do you mean? Jesus knew what he wanted him to do. But Jesus asked him, what do you want me, what would you like me to do? What are you willing for me to do to you? And I believe that in this moment, he was actually bringing him complete wholeness rather than healing. And I believe it's actually his wholeness that caused him to be healed, not his healing that caused him to be whole. I believe in this moment he was bringing him complete wholeness by, by not just giving him healing of his sight, but if we look at Bartimaeus in this journey that he's now taken, something was stirring in him. He called out to Jesus. He established the authority on his life. He humbled himself and asked for mercy. Then he shed what he was. And then verse 52 said, Jesus said unto him, go thy way. What did Bartimaeus do? He didn't, he, Jesus didn't say, okay, I've healed you. You have to follow me. Let's go. He said, go thy way. Bartimaeus immediately turned and followed Jesus. So rather than just giving him his sight, we've now found this journey that he's been on where something was stirring in him. He calls out to Jesus. He established the authority that Jesus had on his life. He called for mercy, shed what he was, immediately was healed and turned and followed Christ. That's all this today. He didn't just bring him healing. He brought him wholeness, and I believe through his wholeness, he found healing of his sight. I believe he wants to bring you wholeness today. He doesn't want to just do something in you for a moment. He doesn't want to just fix the one thing that's been keeping you up at night. He wants to bring your heart, your spirit, your soul, you, 
complete wholeness today, and I'm believing through that wholeness you're going to find healing. Whether it's physically of your body, whether it's in circumstances that you'll begin to see the answers for, whether it's anxieties that you've been struggling with, I believe that through the wholeness he wants to bring you today, he's going to bring you healing. I believe he wants to do this in us today, that his wholeness brought him healing. And I think often we can just ask God, why haven't you done this in me yet? It's because he's got a plan for your eternity, not just a plan for this one moment of a circumstance that you're in. He's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for you. He wants to walk a journey with you. Like Jasmine, right? Awesome. (laughs) Like Jasmine was saying today, he wants to walk a journey with you. He wants to walk a journey that brings you wholeness. And before you know it, you find yourself where you've gone from being a blind beggar, a nobody, a nothing, to following Jesus as he walks on his way to Calvary. It's where you find yourself, so far from where you started, from where you began. He says, go thy way. He receives his sight, and he turns and just follows Jesus. I believe he wants to make people whole in this room today. Would you guys stand with me and rise? Would the worship team go ahead and come up for me? I believe he wants to bring healing and wholeness into the room today. And like I said, he changed the plan last night. So I'm believing that there are people in this room that he wants to touch today. That this is purposed and intended for. Because the truth is, even if there was one person in this room that needed to hear this today, he would have done it for even you. He would have done it for even you. Because that's how much he loves you and he sees you where you're at. So what we're going to do with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to pray for some people in the room today. As we just start to worship up here. I want to pray for those that are saying, I I need to silence all the distractions around me. I need to come to a place where I can focus on him more than what's going on because I find myself focused on the waves. I find myself trying to distract myself from my circumstance or too focused on my circumstance to the point where I can't even see him anymore. I want to pray for those in this room today that are saying, Jesus, I need you to be the center. I want to be able to keep my eyes on you and trust that whatever you're going to do, however you're going to move, is right for my life, Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, Father, I, I pray, Jesus, for those in this room, God, that need a touch from you, Lord, and I ask that you would move. If you're in this room today and you're saying, look, that's me. I need, I need to be able to focus on him rather than the situations around me. And I'm struggling to do that. I need help with that. I need to be able to focus on him. If that's you in this place today, go ahead and lift your hand to him and say, Jesus, that's me. I want to refocus myself towards you, not my situations around me. And I don't want to distract myself to the point where I miss what you're speaking to my heart, God. I don't want to miss this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Jesus, I pray for those in this room. You know what we're going to do, actually? We're going to go through all three of these, and then we're just going to open up these altars, if that's okay. We're going to open up these altars, and then I'm going to pray for each of these. Is that okay? 
The next one is those saying, look, God, I no longer want my struggle to be my identity. I'm, I'm tired of making my struggle who I am, what I'm walking through, my identity. I don't want that to be anymore, God. I don't want to be what I'm walking through, Jesus. I want to be able to cast my garment aside and follow you and who you've called me to be. If that's you in this place today, just lift your hand to Jesus and say, God, that's me. I need you. I don't want my struggle to be me, God. I want to cast aside. And Lord, I want to pray for those today that are saying, Jesus, you can put your hands down. I want to pray for those saying, Jesus, I want to receive full wholeness in your name, God. I've got struggles that I've walked through and I know that I'm not completely whole, Father. I know, Jesus, that parts of me are broken, God. I know that I'm not completely whole. Maybe there are areas I need healing in, God. I need you to touch my life today, God. I want to be whole in your name, Father. That's you in this place. Just say, God, that's me. Lift your hand up. And what we're going to do in this moment before we pray over these is I'm going to ask you guys just to do something bold and just step out. Just step out and join us down here at the altar. You won't be alone. I promise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to welcome you down here. We've got some prayer team that will join us here, and, and they're just going to come along and pray for you, and I'm going to pray for these things. can make yourself a place down here and just say, Jesus, I want to be whole in your name, Father. I just want to meet with you. Father, I come before you and I thank you, Jesus, for those that are saying, God, I want to silence the distractions around me and focus on who you are, God. I need to keep my eyes above the waves and focus on you, Lord. I pray over those, Jesus, that are making this declaration today, God, and I ask that you would move in their lives, Father. I ask, Jesus, that you would strengthen them, God, that you would pull their focus, Father, towards what it needs to be, Jesus, towards you, God that you would bring them complete wholeness and trust, God, that you have their situation in the palm of your hands, God, that you see them. Yes, Jesus. We thank you, God. I pray for those that are saying, I no longer want my struggle to become who I am, to be my identity. Those saying, I'm ready to cast my garment aside, God, we give them to you. And we say, thank you, Jesus, that I no longer have to be a blind beggar anymore. Thank you, Jesus, that my past is not who I am today. Thank you, Jesus, that I am no longer what this world has called me that I am, Father, but I have a new identity in you, God. And I declare over their lives today, Jesus, that this garment over them is no more. They no longer have to carry this mantle, God, on their lives. The mantle, God, of struggle, of suffering, Father. Thank you, God. I ask that you would bring them peace, Father. That they would just feel this weight lifted off their shoulders, Jesus. And they would feel a new identity start to form over them, Father, in your name. If that's you in this place, just say, God, I receive it. But for those saying that I want to receive wholeness that the Lord has for me. If you're in this room today and you just feel broken, do we have anybody in this room that just feels broken? God, I pray for the brokenhearted in this room, Jesus. 
pray that you would be with them, God. I pray that you would bring them complete wholeness, Father, in your name. Not just healing, but wholeness, God. That they would come to know your presence, God, and that they would feel you pull so close to them that they wouldn't only receive healing for the situation that they're walking through, God, but they would receive wholeness for their lives, Father. I declare, God, your wholeness over them, Father, in your name. I declare, God, that chains are being broken, Father, off of them in your name, that you're moving in them, Father, now, that you're lifting the weight off their shoulders, Jesus, of brokenness, of suffering, of pain, God, and you're piecing them back together, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for joining us this week. Our vision is to plant churches that are life-changing. If you would like to support our ministry, you can easily do so by visiting our website, PursuitCC.com. Also, follow us on all social media outlets by using at PursuitCC. Thank you, and God bless.